Video recordings of this podcast can be found on RaisingEquity.org and Raising Equity on YouTube. Welcome to Raising Equity. You can find us wherever you find your podcast, also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Raising Equity. Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully you've been following our podcasting amidst the pandemic series where we have followed our thoughts and the experiences of other folks as we've, uh, I guess, found our way to being comfortable, not really comfortable, but in the experience of the pandemic of COVID-19. Tonight's pretty informal. I have with me here my husband, partner, producer, all things Aaron Banks, and we're, yeah, just chatting. So welcome. Just hanging out. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. What I've been seeped in is this whole idea of opening back up. Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Whether okay. it's for work or camp or the dentist or it's all this talk about like opening back up. And yet, right. and yet we're seeing examples of countries that have tried it, states that have tried it, and it's not going too well. So... I'm just saying, like, I, that's what I've been struck with, of just this, like, strong desire of people to get back to the way that it was, like, to cling to what was. Right. And an inability to, that's fair. to shift. I understand that feeling. You do? I do. Of course I, of course I do. I mean, come on, Kira. You gotta... I want to get back to, yeah, going to the gym. I mean, 2019 was dope, right? It was great. It was a great year. It was great. It was a great year. So it's... But I mean... How long will it be it was until good we us. do things like that? Like, I remember there was one period of time where I was in Boston, and then I was somewhere else I can't even remember, and then I was in Jamaica, and then Phoenix, Right within the span of like three weeks. You were living your actual best life. I was living my best life in all the ways, and here I am. And I have come to be okay with that. Like, I actually don't, I guess there's a piece of me that's data-driven. I don't, I, I long for that, but I don't mm. long for that because I understand the cost is too great. I'm not willing to take that risk. I'm also Absolutely. very risk-averse, for those who don't know me. Somewhat. You're a risk-taker too. Don't, don't discredit yourself. But uh, when it comes, when it comes oh to the wrong. Aaron Banks just called me a risk-taker. This, let's mark this you date. You are somewhat of a risk-taker. May 11th, 2020, Aaron, I won't call your middle name Banks, called me a risk taker. Oh, they know my middle name, but whatever. Oh, that's true. They know it. They know me out there in the interwebs. Kind of a big deal. Okay. She hates when I say that. At the any way rate, you say it. De todos modos. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, just to get back to your... <laughs> To what you were saying. I mean, you, you got me, you got me here with like, hey, let's talk about something. So yeah, it's a good, great topic, right? What? <laughs> what are you talking know. about? I don't know. Cause the kids, you know, we put the kids asleep, you know, I'm having a little sip here. Don't say, you know, one more time. Oh, okay. Sorry. I got to clean up my, my ticks and all those things like that. Right. Yeah. Your uhs and uh, your, you knows. I don't know if I'm an um guy. You say, but, uh, uh, Okay. But no, when do I think we'll go back to the new normal? I'm not going to say normally more because the new normal, I don't think we're going to do it for the rest of the year, babe. I don't. If even that, Aaron. I don't think. I, like this time next year, mm-hmm. 
I wonder if that's when we'll be dipping our toe back into quote unquote normality. Right. I think normality really hinges on some sort of vaccine, like an actual working vaccine. That's what normal would look like, or that's when we get to normal. But I know that, and that's far off. That is so far off. And even with that. So yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a while for that, but I don't, like I've been saying, we probably ruined Christmas at this rate. And especially if we're not willing to have a big sit down and uh, just wait it out a little bit. I understand it's a balance for everybody. I do get that it's a balance and it's hard for people to do that. And there's a lot, I think as you talked about your stages of denial, is it five stages? Five plus grief. one. Or of, I'm sorry, five stages of grief. Of denial being one of them, being, yes. Right. So people are in absolute denial, denial and they're bargaining. They're, I mean, this is a part of the bargaining process. Everybody's in different places. So it makes a lot of sense to me. And so I'm no longer, I used to be really frustrated with people. I was angry and I would rant on the internet about things. I don't do it as much, or at least I do it more jokingly now because I'm like, I get it. Everybody's hurting. Like there's a certain part of my life I long to go back. I have friends I want to hang out with. I have people I have coworkers I like to see and we do fun things and we have family members that, you know, I can't, I went to some, I went to see my grandmother like three days ago and was about 50 feet away from her. You know, I saw an uncle, you know, I've seen friends and, you know, in-laws and we couldn't even hug them. So it's like, it's weird. It's like, what is life right now? It's crazy. So I get that. I get that. But yeah, no, it's not going to be back to that. It's not going to safely be back to that anytime soon. Mm -mm. And there are a whole bunch of things I don't want to go back to. I think. COVID has made clear a lot of dynamics, some of which I was aware of. But like if we think about the dis- the disparities, health disparities, mm-hmm. which I was very aware of. Sure. And so I hope we don't go back to- Shout just, out to Lori Punch, by the way. Yes. I hope Dr. we don't Punch. go back to simply accepting them for what is. Shout out to Dr. Wisdom Powell as well. Right? Absolutely. Health equity is what we're going for. Health equity. Let's stop What's just up, marking wisdom? the territory of the disparities and let's actually move towards health equity. And so I hope we don't go back to, I hope we don't go back to just being like, oh, that's Y'all, unfortunate. My wife is the optimist in this relationship, if you have not noticed. Most of the time. You're the idealist optimist. Yeah. And it's great. No, it really is great. I appreciate that. I think it's part of- Me, not so much. I we, think it's part of why I went to graduate school for my PhD rather than- for my JD. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I remember thinking, huh, I don't want to be stuck in somebody else's paradigm. Like I want to create my own paradigm and ask my own questions yeah. and create my own. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. You'd have been a great lawyer. I think you'd have done good. Oh, I know I would have done, done real good. I would have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it was, it, it was really feeling like I'd be stuck in a system that I was frustrated with. Um, and so rather than do that, I went another direction so I could ask questions that I wanted to ask. So glad you did. We're so glad you did. Are you? Or you wouldn't like having a dual lawyer family? That does not sound attractive to me. Lawyers Me neither. Live, <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Lawyers can live sometimes a really crappy lifestyle, a really crappy life. It can be all right, but I can't imagine us doing the things we do and not having, like you as a professor, you as an academic just gives us a certain type of ebb and flow flexibility kind you mean of like thing. with the academic year scheduling with the academic right exactly which i mean i guess you could have done that as a lawyer but yeah no it's i mm. I'm, you no, you can't i mean you absolutely can but it's different but no i i do not i do not dream of that double lawyer family i mean you i know tons of people like that but i'm good yeah, and then have good. kids and then want to you know be involved and engaged and all that stuff it's tough but yeah. it's still tough it's still really really tough yeah 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't want to go back to us like being surprised by disparities. How about that? Let's just stop being surprised. Well, click your heels three times, Dorothy. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. But, yeah. you know, we can dream. Man, I just, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm an introvert for the most part, I will say too. But I'm, I can't even imagine having to just be back in an office environment or inside, you know, just... But you've done a lot of work. Like you've been on the phone. You've been on, like you've been playing these, what do you call them? These bond reductions. Mm -hmm. Like you've been doing stuff. So it's not like you haven't seen people. I'm sorry. I'm not, I, let me stop. I am not minimizing the lack of like actual contact and, and being in the same space with other people. I haven't seen a client since, man, like actually seen a client since February or March Maybe like March around 13th. March 13th, March 11th or something like that. No, it was that day because you were in court with a client. The that's, client oh, told you that there that was, was a day that the, I freaked the hell out. You did. You I freaked like, out. I, I was said, like, this is coming. I was like, ooh, people. I saw Italy. I was like, y'all, we need to stop playing. I was, I like, was like, oh, now it's real because you see it. Well, <laughs> I remember that. And part I, of the reality is making it real for the person perceiving it. It's a subjective yes, process. Yes, but it felt kind of like yeah, right? mansplaining. Like I had said, this is real. Oh. We need to prepare for this. And then you like had this revelation at work with your client Bruh, telling you there were sick no. people on a floor and people coughing. It, I can imagine you sitting there and the coughing probably like echoed in your brain. It was multiple you, people. It was it was like bailiffs. It was, it was detainees coughing. It was attorneys, lawyers coughing. I'm like, and you called me and you were just like, Mm-mm. I'm like, nope, this, this is going to be serious. This is over. Like yeah. kids can't go to it was your really mom the and Italy dad. footage. Yeah. It was the Italy footage that got me messed up. You're right. I didn't. Well, I'm not going to mansplain uh, my mansplaining. That's like, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty layered. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. I'll just stop right there. But, yeah. But yeah, no. It, no, it, I'm glad you. The I'm Europe glad thing you had me there. really messed up. So. As it should. And like, why can't we see that even now? I don't know. I don't know. But I before we leave it, I want to talk about some of the work you've been doing. Like okay. so yes, you have not seen a client since March 13th, mm-hmm. but you have taken plenty of jail calls, you've pleaded plenty of bail, uh, ba- bond reductions. I'm not good with argued the bond reductions, argued. filed motions, yes, reduced bond, all modified that. bond. All that. All that. Yes. yes all that. Yeah. Done it. All that. You've lawyered. That. Yeah, no, I mean so early on, I think that first month it was pretty intense trying to get people uh, as many people as possible out of jail. Um, the city of St. Louis, and I, I'm a criminal defense attorney. I'm a public defender in St. Louis. And if you didn't know, uh, and among other things, but I, um, everybody was just working very frantically because we knew COVID was coming and we wanted to get as many people out as possible. Uh, we were worried about people's well-being. Often people, I mean, they're not distanced properly. Um, there's no, they don't have control over the level of sanitary conduct that they're able to, you know, whatever, you know, they, like they had to buy soap, right? They, right. You know, they, right. They might get a bar of soap for like, they might get one bar of soap or something like that, a little bit of this and that. But after that, they got to pay for it out of their own commissary or something like that. They're not going to get masks. Typically they're not going to be distanced. They're going to be lumped together typically. And so it's just, uh, you know, they got sheriffs coming in and out and it's not just the inmates, the inmates, it's, it's sheriffs, it's people in the corrections facilities. They're all exposing them. They're exposing each other because that's just the way this thing works. Right. And you don't get to pick and choose. The Rona don't care about your class, about your background and this and that, but it does, you know, we, we are treated differently depending on our class and our background, you know, so. Well, you're in different circumstances and that's, right. 
And that's the thing, like in St. Louis, it's, it's long been known. Our city defenders was working on a white paper before Ferguson even hit Mm -hmm. the uprising happened to catalog the ways in which our city and our municipalities Municipalities, were basically like charging were were violating people because they were poor like poor tax yeah you would get a ticket because and you couldn't pay it and so then you'd be in jail in one municipality and that is prison yeah, it, I'm we, like flavor flavoring you right now. By the way, you really are. I am like you like that. Thank you, hi. We should just do this all the time. Like you just going on, and I'm just like that so is pretty. In St. Louis, we actually Cortex. call the place where people are held the mm-hmm. workhouse. We called. We do call I it. Mean, it still exists. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, but we call it that because historically, that's where you went to work off your debt. Yeah. Right. Correct. Yeah, I suppose. No, not you suppose. I, I believe that's a history. Yeah, I, that, that's my that's, understanding of right. it. And so I guess I just want, I feel like it's people, people are more aware of it now, but that we, we're, we're disproportionately burdening people, burdening people because they're poor. Cause if I can pay the money to not sit in jail while you figure out what's going on with my case, I'm going to pay it. Then you're going to pay it. But if people can't, they end up sitting in this workhouse and the conditions are abysmal. Yeah. Not good. No bueno. And so I think I've seen it called decarceration. Is that accurate? Have you seen that? Or is that people making up words? I mean, uh, decarcerate St. Louis or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's been a thing for a while too. Okay. So this idea that we, rather than incarcerating people, we need to decarcerate that if we look at the history of like, if you look at watch, watch 13th, watch Michelle Alexander's, read Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. Watch Ava DuVernay's 13th. And you'll understand how we have incarcerated and we have so many people and we have so many people in prison compared to other industrialized nations. And so COVID has really created the, it's shown the light and then it's created the urgency to decarcerate in a way that we haven't had that pressure before. Right. It's, it's a new substantial factor that goes into reconsidering somebody's confinement. And just like, I mean, we've already gone through a whole wave. How do they do that? How do they do what? Somebody's confinement. Like it just makes me angry because we try to say, oh, you're being rehabilitated. No, you're being confined in a place that no one would choose to be confined in. I don't even think people take the time to say, oh, you're being rehabilitated. I just think let's tuck you away where I don't have to see you, think about you, consider your humanity. I mean, I, I can go on about my business and know that you're, you're there and I'm here and you're not occupying any space in my mind. You're not in the way. Get them out of here. I mean, that's, I wouldn't give people too much credit. Sorry. Again, that's the realist in me, the yeah, I guess we balance each other. Yeah. No, they don't. I don't. I think they just, Michael Jackson said it. Like that song. What it, oh, they don't really care they about They don't really us. care I'm about like, us. What did Michael Jackson say about decarcerate? Yes. Right. Yep. He, he said it. That, that they don't applies really to care about us. The, the uh, prison industrial complex and all that stuff. So mm. absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you doing that work. I mean, it was interesting because I don't get a window into what you do but you working from home has given me a small window into what you do. Like, I don't hear all de- details, I but I don't, I don't you, feel like, like you're I'm like, all... I got to put on a shirt so I can go up here for this judge and argue this mm, reduction. Man, I do or... that. Just barely. I throw on a little shirt, you know, and at least the, the bottom, the top half of me, will have something on, you know, when you're on video, try it. Things move so slowly. So it's frustrating. I don't really feel like I'm doing that great of a job uh, because 
I don't know if anybody feels like they're doing that great of a job because things now move so slowly. Like the system didn't move slowly before. But but boo, I'm trying to tell you, like it moves slowly now. Just video conferencing, just trying to get the smallest. Move any slow. I'm I'm sorry. I'm being I'm somewhat being facetious. Like how does that move any slower than us talking? Like. Click on the link. Let's video conference. Because there's 13 people trying to trying to move cases at the same time, and so and so needs to mute their phone, and we're so and so we're having technical problems. And can you hear me? I can't get into the call. The call got dropped. It's it's much more uh, in series than parallel than it was before. Even even more in some ways. But we're fig- we're figuring some things out, and there are a few good judges that are saying, hey, you know, we want to find a way to make things happen. And, you know, this is the new normal for a, for a while. We're going to try to make things move. And there's a few judges that are trying to be creative. I don't I won't shout them out right now, but they, they know some of my judges I'm assigned to. They're, they're pretty cool. Um, and they're open to hearing about creative ways to deal with this issue. Doesn't mean it's moving quickly, though, but yeah. So what um, do you think? So what do you think opening back up means for the courts? Like, do you oh, think we'll gosh. go back to incarcerating people because they're poor? go back to well i mean i i so i so i think i think going forward i think covid creates an, another reason for people to consider releasing individuals what it did was and again i was about to say that there's i mean there's been a whole wave of bail of bail reform yes. shout out to art city just yes. recently in the last year or so there was a wave before that now the covid has created yet another wave where we're re re reexamining and saying okay do we really need so-and-so to be here? Is it really this serious? And a lot of times the answer has been no, because there's a lot of people that were in still for nonviolent crimes, felonies, but but nonviolent crimes, property crimes, things where, I mean, really what bail is about is, I mean, by default, people should be released and, the, and the, their constitutional right is, is that they should be presumed to be able to be released on their own recognizance. That's the starting point. It doesn't, you don't get to the point where you're supposed to detain somebody really, especially for pretrial, um, until you think that they're a flight risk or that they're a threat to the community. Well, most people here are from the area and anybody doing a little bit of diligence can track people down. Like people aren't making a run to the Bahamas, not my clients. I mean, the, the bulk of people confined are, are indigent, they're broke, um, mental illness and things like that. That's public defender clients. You know, they're, they're not doing all that. They're not, they're not making these moves. They're not making these Tony Montana moves or anything like that. Um, the other is a threat to the community. So, and, and most of the time, these nonviolent crimes, you know, by themselves, you know, whether they have a record or not, show that this person is not likely to go and harm somebody else in the community, um, let alone, and, they, and I've gotten crime, I've gotten people out who are charged with things like robbery and things like that as well. And they absolutely should be released because I think once you get to know the person, the thing that you get to learn that I love about being a criminal defense attorney, especially a public defender, is you get to see the humanity in people. I have the privilege, the act, the literal privilege of knowing about people, their stories, about their cases, about their families, the aunties, uncles, their history. And so, and you need to know a lot of that in order to even argue a bond reduction motion. You talk about their background, where they're from, who their family, their support system, their support system, their home plan, where their work, you know their mental health status, all these, so you really get to know a person. I really wish there was some way for the other side, i.e. the prosecutors, to understand and get to know people. That should be our criminal justice system. That should not be, that should should not be. And I shouldn't be, oh, I really wish there is a way to do that, but we have not chosen to, 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 to meet people where they are and to address the entire person. We instead look at an alleged act some transactional thing that supposedly happened at some date at some time, 
And that is what we base everything on. And my biggest frustration, now you got me on my soapbox. I mean, the, my biggest complaint and the biggest thing that I've seen as, a, as an attorney, as a, as a criminal defense attorney, is that the system, the, the court system, is not taking time to see the entire person and to see the humanity in people. And often with my clients, it doesn't have to. It feels it doesn't have to. But if they were to look, truly look at the totality of a person, like, so we, what we do is, and this is, this is why you do what you do and why you chose to not go the legal route. For example, my clients, well, I do have juvenile cases sometimes, but my clients now are all adults. For the majority, and this is almost, this is without exception, my clients have been ignored, been neglected have gone without, have been under-resourced, under-cared for their entire lives. They are an actual victim of their circumstances. They only know what they know because of their surroundings or what's been taught to them. Everybody have a chance to grow up the way I did, okay? Everybody have a chance to grow up the way you did. And so then we give them these things. We're putting, it's, it's almost like a, it's, a, there's, there's, it's a system. People are, you, they're, you know, they receive things. You give them inputs. So this is what you're putting into them. You're putting, and this is not great, the things you're putting into them. And then you see their output or you, you know, their alleged output or whatever acts you think they did. And then you sit there and you, you stand and you hold them in judgment. You look down your nose at them in the courtroom and you say, you did this thing. This is outrageous. We can't believe you did that. Well, if you look at the whole person, assuming they did do it, OJ Simpson, not proper reference right now, but anyway, but even if they did do it, Look at the entire person. So what, what do you? What, what the hell do you, what do you expect? expect? Like, what do you and, expect from them? You haven't cared for these people, yeah, and, and now you want to sit there and beat up in arms because I can't they stole. Are they somebody was? You're saying they stole? That you know that somebody was shot? Um, you're saying all these things about them, or that they committed these crimes and they did these horrible things, and you know this is the law and they broke it. Well, their standards aren't always the same as yours because they have to survive. They have to cope and they have to operate the way based upon the inputs they've received their entire yeah. life. My thing is stop being surprised. Stop being lazy. And so I told you you got me in my soapbox. Well, it's I, really about that. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. really about the system. It's about the courts. It's about our government being lazy on the front end, not caring on the front end and choosing to take the position and take the approach of punishing on the back end. It's because it's, it's easy. It's just lazy. Yeah. And in the end of the day, because just like not to get too far off, but just like if you run a business, there's certain things you can do early on. It's like you're watering, you're feeding, you're, you, you can nurture or a plant, you can care for yeah. something. And, and mitigate it will some problems. And you can mitigate some problems and it will yield something for you that is beautiful and much better down the road. Okay. Or you can just take the route where you neglect it and then you just, you don't get anything out of it. I don't know on. why it's growing. Right. You know, yeah. you, 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 you've created a, an atmosphere of shitty schools, you know, for whatever reasons that, that that's been done under-resourced. Um, Neighborhoods that are divested, divested. People being pushed into a black for, market under economy rather exactly. than them. And yeah. And so to me, it, two things. Bruh, one, got, yeah. one, it makes me think about how like big level, we're not being a very um, good civilization, period. Like if we go back to what the meaning of a civilization is, yeah, we won't go there. Um, but two, no, I, no, I'm agreeing with you. Though. No, no, yeah, yeah but I'm I'm not gonna go deep into that rabbit hole. Two, it makes me think about in psychology how there was a big American psychologist piece a few years ago about structural stigma, and I mean, black psychology has been talking about this for ever, mm -hmm. but in mainstream psychology, talking about like this the ways in which stigma from structures 
can mm-hmm. impact individual psychology. There also was a seminal piece in 2010 that talked about Plout's work that talked about seeing people in context. And so I'm, I'm just... I want, I want you to... So here's the I'm thing, doctor. This. I want you to give me an actual example. Yes, give so me the I for am. example comma. I, I was then, headed there, okay. lawyer, Because right. I don't know Esquire, who Plout is. Okay. Banks. All right. Hit me with them deets. So it makes me think about how we want to talk about this individual who committed this crime. But from the structural stigma perspective, we also need to talk about the way in which the way this economy is set up and the fact that they weren't able to enter the economy in a way that we would deem as productive, right. that they've engaged in this other black market economy, right? And we stigmatize black that. Market. We stigmatize that. We stigmatize whether it's drugs or selling whatever, but like we have created an economy that they can't participate in. Because we've under-resourced their schools, Cannot participate in, have exactly. not given them opportunities to be able to participate in. So they're like, all right, bet, I'm going to go over here and create my other, I'm going to be a part of this o- economy over here. Right. But we've stigmatized that economy over here, right? Absolutely. And Do then you- the, the other piece of me is talking about, like, this thinking about people in context. Like, what is their family context? What is their environmental context? What's happening in their neighborhood? What's happening in their city? Like thinking about all the different like concentric circles that Mm -hmm. exist around them. And psychologists have tempted to have been tempted in the past to look at just the individual and more so in the past, I would say decade, we've been pushing the field to say, yes, and come on people, people experience, people exist in context they do right and so in some ways it's like oh that's not novel like i said black psychology's been saying that forever i hate hate when we have to say things that are not novel or not i get so frustrated with that you know i do i'm like i know yeah i know but again like we think about like what covid has taught us what it has made clear what it has made a non-discussion covid didn't teach me that i knew that before yes hey we so we knew that we knew that but it's interesting how there are people who didn't know that, who've seen it clearly because of COVID. And so what I'm saying is we can leverage their understanding to say, let's not go back to that. Let's not go back to this misunderstanding that we can just look at this person in a vacuum. I love you. And again, this is <laughs> ideal. Like, I don't see this COVID. In, and so this is a major event right now. This yes. is a major, I was going to say extinction, extinction level event, but well, maybe, maybe. maybe it is, right? Oh, it's yet to be seen. Are we prophetic? But just like when Ooh. when somebody sees video of a police shooting and it's just so outrageous and it's clear how much they don't give a shit about us, like COVID is going to wake up a few more people about something. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to wake up not, everybody, okay. but what I'm saying is if we can make- like, all the lights ain't. You think it's like, oh God! All the lights are on now. No, well, all the lights ain't all on right now. All the lights are Somebody on. Somebody hit a light in the in the, in the hallway, the maybe over there, on. right? Somebody okay. just has their rose-colored glasses on that dims them. What? Who loud? I'm getting loud. You're loud. I'm getting loud. Yes, I got to check the levels. That's Hold what second. you do. You get loud. I know, but I have to check. You the try levels to talk over to people. Interview. Okay, I think so, our levels are good. Yeah. No, I hear you. Not everyone's gonna be woken up. And that's the whole, that's the whole push and pull. Like that is the interesting right. push and pull when I'm like, uh, uh, like, yeah, everyone has to wear a mask and other people are like, you're stomping on my civil liberties. Tell me I have to wear a mask. You're stomping on my civil liberties. Tell me I have to wear a mask. I'm like, uh, it just makes sense that we do that. Like, can we go not back? What is, no, can, can we I... not go back to just only thinking about ourselves? Can we think about the collective? And I know that that is like a complete 180 in our society. And 
And this society was not built to be a collective. That I is know. our culture. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be. I'm just, I'm, I know, know. this is not yet, how this country works. I'm going to lean on the portal pivot language. Oh, gosh. I know we're tired of the hearing pivot. it, but it really can be. If power we, pivot. What's that? I said power pivot. I've not heard that phrase. Anyway, Has yeah. anyone said that? Yes. 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 Just keep it going, though. So <laughs> I, I want to hear what you have to say because I. No, I want to lean on the fact that this can be a moment of 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 pivot of like yeah no we might not have been built that way but if enough of us want it that way let's live that way i know that's over that sounds so idealistic and I yet just, we're talking about what we're what opening up means what going back to normal or getting back to business means and what i'm hoping I hope there's some things we don't go back to. Like, I hope we don't go back to meaningless meetings, meetings that we don't need to have that could have been an email. That is what I do now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, I hope that we learned in, in the, the context of court activity. I, I was excited to show and say, look, we can actually do this thing and we don't need to have all this bureaucracy. We don't actually need to come together. This is not an actual come together thing. When, when we need to get GSD, get shit done, we just get the shit done, you know? And so I've yeah. you've seen some of that. I mean, it ha actually, things have moved so slowly. Not enough has transpired yet. But I mean, man. Uh, I kind of hope, like, part of me, like, wanted this to last, because in Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. Oh, we're going to get another chance. Don't worry. I know. There'll be another We're going to mess it up. I know, baby, unfortunately. But there's this talk of, like, opening things back up. And um, yeah. I think that there's a way in which, uh, yeah, like, there, there are meetings that just don't need to happen that could happen about around over emails or right gatherings that just are not necessary that we're just coming together just to come together right. I, I, or people who are coming together and then not making efficient use of time. Like, okay, right. so we've, we, now we've gathered via right. zoom. Let's make right. this decision, baby. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little bit better when you can kind of zone out and hit that mute button or ride or your Peloton or ride your, that is so my privilege. My, my wife, that is your privilege, but you, you, you're true to it. You do it well. And you, it's great. It's self-care and you're getting work done. Yeah. It's awesome. So don't judge me if we're on the phone and I'm, I'm, I'm on my Peloton. Because she gets it done, y'all. I mean, she's going to do what she has to do. So, yeah. Gosh, I was going to say something else. But no, the, the question, oh, I was going to ask this. Is it, is it safe to say, and we know about stereotypes and all that, but is it really, is there a, an overlap? Does the venue diagram really overlap with um, more so conservative Republicans and people wanting to open versus, what do you think about this? The Democrats, liberals wanting to stay at home. Is that really what's been reduced oh, to? And people wanting to say it's a Trump thing. And I just wonder, are there a lot of- there I a think lot of, there's some ideology around like big government. What can the government tell me to do mm, versus yeah, not? So, that makes sense. But you know what's interesting though? I actually don't think it is purely, purely- Republican Democratic lines because right. I've seen people who are very conservative Republican arguing similar similar arguments as people who are very far leaning left progressive. Mm -hmm. This idea of I should be able to do with my body what I want to do, oh. right? So we have seen it's kind of Roe v. Wade ish. Yes, we have, but we've actually seen people who are ultra conservative in the sense of like their other values hmm. talk about my body, my choice, which was right. a was is a mantra of folks who are pro-choice my body my choice how are you right. going to tell me what to do with my uterus are we super political here in raising equity 
uh, super. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, oh, like, ooh, we, we go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes. But yeah, no, I'm no, I'm, I think joking. we call it like it is. Like, I think those systems operate and we often think of them as like complete, completely, like you said, in a Venn diagram, things that don't touch. But I right. think that there are ways in which they do. And so I hope at Raising Equity, people push themselves to see the perspective of the other people. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but to see how they w- could get to that thinking. Yeah. And so for folks who are ultra conservative and who are saying like, I should be able to go get a haircut if I want to, right? Like that's them talking about body autonomy and them saying, I don't want the government to be so big. You just talked about a haircut. But what I guess what I want people to think about is like, that is about body autonomy. And so can we see the connection between that desire for body autonomy and Roe v. Wade and abortion? That is a desire for body autonomy. Right. So, okay, I will take your, I want to get a haircut and that you just, you should be able to do what you want to do with your body. Right. Can you also give me, I should be able to do what I want to do with my uterus. Exactly. Like, let, oh yes, let's have this conversation. And I think I know the answer for you, Dr. What? Banks. It's a no. What, what do you mean? <laughs> the realist in me, it's, they'll, they'll distinguish that. They'll make oh, a distinction. But I think it opens, again, it's an opportunity <laughs> for people. conversation. A small part of that Venn diagram, a small They might be that. like, oh, wait, like, did oh, I just make an argument for pro-choice? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe, hmm, maybe you've got something there. Small percentage. Maybe. Right. And so my whole thing is we don't need everybody. Small percentage is a good percentage. Yeah. Little by little. Raising equity is a long game. Right. How long do you say it takes? Well, it's not just me. The Kellogg Foundation says a generation. 25 years of sustained work. Okay. That's facts. Sustained. Boom. Bam. Not half-ass. Not here or there. Sustained (laughs) work. Right. Are we doing sustained work anywhere right now? I mean, there's a lot of half-assery, I think. No, I feel like there are places. Like, I really do... You know, I don't sh- I don't shout out St. Louis in the in this work often because we have such a history. Like you, people say, my sister often says Missouri compromising since 1820, mm-hmm. 20 or 21. When was the Missouri compromise? That I do not know. 20. It was no bueno. It was no good. Well, I, well, that yeah. we came in as a slave state or that Missouri compromised. I, I guess tell, that would be I the same thing. You. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, that. I think that, uh, where was I going with it? You totally distracted me with your jokes. I don't know. We may have to like edit this and roll back. Um, where was I going with that? I don't know. Maybe just keep it moving. We'll just keep it moving. Keep We're just hanging moving. out. Um, yeah, it's not my bedtime yet. So. Oh, but we should stop and watch Insecure. Oh, well, we're, we'll, we'll do that later. About it. Insecure is going to be there. We'll do that later. Yeah, so I see, I do see some some potential like Democrat Republican dynamics happening. Yeah, but I think it's more about ideology around big government, civil liberties, which it does it does overlap with with party ideology somewhat. Right. I'm not trying to deny that. Can I just keep it more simple though? I'm sorry. I like to I like to keep things close to the close to the ground and simple. The people who are arguing this, they just not believe that it's an issue because like, I know they grant grandmas and aunties and uncles and so here, these people have high risk situations too. Like, or do they just really? But here's the thing. Honestly, What's... I was on a call the other day yeah, and I mentioned that I was worried about my cousin who had COVID. And this person said to me, you're the first person that I've talked to that I know. And what date was this? Who knows someone who has she... COVID? 
This was last week. So this is May 11th. But that's okay. So I will say. So I think we know that COVID is disproportionately impacting black and brown folks. Yes. So if in your circle, you don't have some black and brown folks, you have a, a, a lower likelihood of knowing someone who's impacted. I have heard that. I, yeah, I agree. I have like all white associates, white friends at work and stuff like that. They're they, like, you're blowing this out of proportion. No, What's not you're blowing deal? this out of proportion, but just like they said, oh yeah, I know somebody who knows of somebody. I'm like, no, I know a few people that have had COVID. Like it's- Right, like legit they're had they're all it. black actually, I think, except for one, but you know- I know a yeah. whole family of white folks who've had it. Right, and I know people oh, no, who I, have died. Two white folks who've had it. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So- But the rest are black. But it's very remote. It's like, you know, degrees of- separation away and i'm just like no like i have actual people it was actual people who died and yeah so um yeah the whole point of brian stevenson's work and just mercy was about proximity and how being in proximity changes your perspective and so if folks don't know folks who've had it or right like so they can they can blow it off they can be like yeah i'll risk a haircut for this but when you know people who've had it is that more of just context like i was saying and seeing people's humanity taking time to like have that connection with somebody and understand them uh prox being in proximity yeah. requires you see their humanity right. but i it's more like an odds game here like what's your circle who's in your circle yeah and if your circle are folks who who aren't being impacted you just don't see it as a big deal true and it sounds like you know something maybe oh if i get it maybe i'll be one of those people who's asymptomatic asymptomatic or maybe i'll have it easy maybe i won't end up on a ventilator shoot yeah. i'm not taking a risk if your people aren't the ones that are sitting in pretrial detention for a year and a half, then doesn't mean much to you. That's right. really what I was saying. Proximity. Yeah. There was an article in the Atlantic that basically was like, yeah, Trump said this was an emergency until he saw who was dying. Well, that's the drug, that's the opioid epidemic. That's, that's anything. I mean, that's, I think well, that's not that's, anything, but you know, that's, that's a recurring theme. Anti-blackness that's, that's in our society. Problem with uh, us humans, I guess. It's not so little. But yeah. Yeah. I wasn't being I serious. I got you. But yeah. Yeah. Not a little problem at all. Yeah. So I would like us to not go back, although we, in our opening up, we are. I would like us to not go back to being so focused on our individualistic needs and be thinking about public health. Yeah. I would like that. Like I think about countries where. I'd say it. Yeah. Speak where it. they are willing to think about the public health. And so contact tracing is such that, that I, rather than me just saying, I don't want to hand over my data, like, no, for the betterment of all of us, we need to know who's been where. And that feels very like big brother, big data. Um, and yet at this time, so necessary. Yes. I'm enjoying, I've spent so much time in my house. I mean, I'm ready to get out here and there, but. It's been really nice to not have to go and sit in office. It has been nice, although I have to admit, I miss my commutes because my commutes were times where I like called friends because mm-hmm. I can, I move a lot. Mm. Like I learned that some of my busyness is self-imposed and some of my busyness is just the nature of the life that I've built. And so that 15 minute drive to get one child to take them to basketball or violin or whatever, like that was the time where I called my girlfriends. Yeah. And so I, it's not always easy to steal away and do that when we're all together. It was a lot though, too. 
It was a you lot. You know, running around, doing the basketball tournaments, take, getting into a taekwondo or this and that or a music thing. Now they just go to the garage. Right. <laughs> they go to the garage. And if they, they remember it. Right. If they remember it too. Because that's to the class. other thing. Like, you know what I'm not going back to? Micromanaging everyone's lives. Mm. Okay. I'm not. And I'll just- I def- think, you, I don't think you should. I feel like I've gotten better. I'm more laissez-faire. Uh, I, I can't compare it. I mean, we're in a pandemic. What, what can I compare it to? Uh, not in a pandemic? Yeah. I think- You're busy. So, I mean, you're, you, you, yeah. you can't so I've let be stuff micromanaging go. throughout the, the workday, that's for sure. We just kind of mm-hmm. let things go. And so it's kind of like, all right, if you don't get what you need to get done, done, you'll have consequences. Yes. You won't be playing Fortnite. But I did help a child prepare for his AP government exam. And I appreciate that immensely. It was basically law school. I know that. Like, I thought about that. Like, that is such a privilege that yeah. we have a lawyer in the house. Exactly. That's exactly. Leverage your privilege. Oh, my gosh. I'm not saying I did great. You did, because... How did you leverage it? Did you leverage it for somebody else or for our child? Because that's well, kind of like reproducing your privilege. I leveraged it for my child <laughs> and, and the... raised equity. No. I can just say no, that, No, don't right? you take my words <laughs> and twist them for your words. own gain. They're our words. <laughs> For your um, own <laughs> selfish gain. <laughs> now, did you hold study sessions for all the other kids who didn't have lawyer daddies? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah. That's because I mean, they couldn't come over. Well, no, like you could have been virtual. No, we, like there, no, just was, there wasn't a community around this test at was not, all. There was, there we was, had to figure it out. It, it was had, really a, tough. We, you would know we had a solid week to study something that we should have had at least a month to study. But you know what? To be it honest, looking back, it was not good at all. I think we had an email. Well, though. I think we had an email about like a parent AP Zoom call, and I think I might have ignored it. Did you see it? But my, I guess, well, maybe, but no, I probably did. <laughs> my point is, is that we were knocked on our ass with the entire pandemic thing and we had to reprioritize. So yeah. saying a month or two out or whatever, the, oh, you, we're going to get you this book and because we're, you're not going to have your study sessions at school anymore. You know, we're no, going to get you this they stuff. They were talking about getting the book. It was like, <sighs> it was AP people talking about, right. hey, we're going to have a parent meeting. And I was just like, parent meeting? I don't need on one more radar. parent meeting. It was, no, I had stuff to do. And I you was, just have to let go. Like. Lower your expectations about certain things and it's okay. Everybody else, that's the quote good thing about this whole thing is that everybody is going through that. So, I mean, it's it's not saying that everybody is experiencing it the same and people no. are people, but it's like, so at least people understand that everybody's going through it. So I know, all right, everybody's having to cope with this. It's not just me. I'm not being targeted in that way. So let me try to get my stuff together best I can. Yeah. Yeah. Make no, I really, I really do appreciate you showing up like that because- that was not something I could have taken the reins on. And historically, maybe I would have if you had been working. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. But I would have seen the content and been like, Aaron, you need to step up, bro. Yeah, like, this is all you. <laughs> yeah. This is not. This is not me. It's kind of neat. But, you know, we, we didn't have time to get into it the way I really wanted to. But that's fine. But that's the thing. You can build on it. And that's a, like he's been exposed to, exposed to that. He knows more about con law than I do. He might know more about it than I do at this point. It's so packed into his brain. He's had to just jam it all in there and dump it out so yeah anything else we want to talk about no i mean i don't know i just wanted to just think about like this opening up again it, it's making me in some ways nostalgic for this time to end because the way that the, it's ending in the way that we know it because when we were sheltering at home safer at home flatten the curve we were hunkering down with basically like no end in sight like mm-hmm. for everyone's yeah. safety yeah and now we're in this like 
We've got to figure out phase one and two safeguards for opening up and how we're going to do this. Like, it's no longer what it was. And so right. there's a piece of me that is nostalgic, but not um, for the time. And then thinking about like, my whole questions have been like, what am I noticing and what do I want to remember? And so what I'm noticing is that many of us are clinging to what was rather than being open to thinking about what could be. That's mm. what I'm noticing. Yeah. And so I'm noticing the people who are like, okay, let's figure out how to get it back to the way that was versus the people that are like, huh, maybe that didn't really work well. Right. And so this is an opportunity because we're not doing it that way because we can't. This is a great opportunity to retool a lot of things. And so, I mean, I mean, in like small and big ways, what might we do differently? How might we exit this with a different orientation that we maybe always wanted, but just felt like it was too much, was too much of a 180. Well, hell, this is a 180. Yeah. So there's a piece of me that's like feeling that kind of like, okay, what what do we need to unearth from this? Uh, and I and let me just say, it's a privilege to be able to do that because I'm not in crisis. I'm not in like, how do I feed my family? Exactly. I have lost my job. I need to apply for unemployment and I'm not getting it or I'm not That's getting what I meant the to say earlier, right? SBA like this is, loans aren't coming in. Right, like right. we I'm it's a privilege for me to be able to sit in that. And then the piece around like what do I want to remember? Yeah. Which is why I said it's a balance because people have fear, anxiety, depression over those things. I I will admit I've been depressed over a lot of little things too, but that's that has not been a thing for us right now. I mean, at least short term, we're doing okay enough. So, um, but no, that's that's that anxiety and that fear is not fun. So it makes you, it's it will real. make you, it's, it's when you're in that place, you're really not thinking, think about it. You're not really like, oh, let me, let me retool. Let me, let me be creative about the way that we go back into this. You just want to get back, get back to holding on, you know, to something that you can cling to that's, that feels like solid ground. Yeah. Cause your basic that, needs aren't met. Exactly. You're just trying to get your basic needs met. And, and that there's is, my empathy for, for people yeah. who are feeling that way. Cause I'm like, oh, I, I get that. And so for me to sit there and say, hey, let's, let's do these things or, you know, that's. Nah, but you also let me that. push back a little bit. Some of the people who are pushing for things to get back to the way that they are. Yep. Are not those that are in crisis mode. Yep. They're those that make money from. That's the other thing. Other people being in crisis Y'all ain't right. Mode. Y'all know who you are. You ain't right. You ain't right. And you ain't right. So. I hear you on being empathetic. And I also think we've got to be real clear around like, what are your motives in pushing us back out? Yeah. So interesting how, you know, people, yeah, they want to get everybody, get, get back in there, run those machines or, you know, it's just. Like the meatpacking plants. Right. Like, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> right. It's just, it's a trip. It really is. And so like they, people need other people, working class people often to, to keep their, their millions and their profit and their, their billions capital. and billions. billions and billions of dollars going. And these are the people we're calling essential. These are the people we're calling essential right. and heroes. I think essential is to often try a code to, word for that. It's to try something to, else. Yes. And to try to make you feel better and like you should sacrifice like a soldier would sacrifice. Yeah. But no, no, it shouldn't, it doesn't, it shouldn't have to be like that. And I think, it, I, well, I think it's just in your face too. You realize like, like oh shit, like we, like we we need people to be at the grocery stores. Like the grocery store. Hello. It's a thing. The grocery store. Yes, we do. Got to have it. Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. Cuz we ain't planting food out here like that, okay? Right? I'm trying to, but this year ain't Not so like easy. Not like that. We we be looking no. real 
Hungry. Hungry. Like the wolf, if it was just us. That was an 80s reference. Sorry. I got it. I got it. I got it. 1976. Yeah. When I was born. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, TMI, it's probably time to go. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) I appreciate you for coming on and sharing your expertise. Where can people find you if they want to hear more of your thoughts? Oh, wow. Well, I'll be right here in the house with you for the foreseeable future. Um, But uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm usually at Aaron W. Banks. That's W-A-R-O-N-W-B-A-N-K-S. You get a smattering of everything. It just depends on what mood I'm in. Uh, Nothing too heavy, nothing too serious. Usually like to keep it light. Um, I do... Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. I'm a photographer as well. And so I, I... will sometimes post on Instagram, post on Twitter. Um, yeah. And so that's where you can find me. AaronBanks.com as well. If you want to look and book me, I guess, for photography, doing that type of work and trying to see about staying at home. Whether it's looking the grocery store worker in the eye and respecting them with a deeper level of just acknowledgement of their humanity and their necessity in their world. Are there a necessity in our world and the fact that they deserve more than 15, that they deserve a living wage, whatever that is in our region. I hope that you have learned something and noticed something amidst this pandemic and that there are some things that you're eager to get back to and some things that you're refusing to go back to. Remember, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. So join us in Raising Equity.